0: Street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Godless Children and Street Epistemology. Our family lives in a highly religious community in the Bible Belt of Texas. It's not uncommon for us to attend birthday parties and even end-of-the-year school parties where parents pipe up and ask everyone to join in prayer before eating. Our daughter has even run into trouble with teachers in the past when it became public knowledge that she holds no God belief, so we've taught her to keep a low profile. At the same time, we want her to be strong and independent. We don't want her to feel that she has to hide who she is or what she believes in, so we've stressed to her the importance and value of an understanding of street epistemology. I've told her you never have to make a knowledge claim with street epistemology. You can simply ask others what they believe and ask why they believe it. I want to make three points with this blog post and this is the first one. If you have children, teaching them street epistemology is a powerful tool to them to use in situations involving peer pressure no matter what the subject of the peer pressure might be. Remind them that they're under no obligation to make any knowledge claim at all, but can simply request compelling evidence to help them make an informed decision. All of the pressure then naturally rests on those trying to exert pressure. It's the ultimate social judo. So, early in my daughter's freshman year of high school, she was at an after-school club with several other students working on a manual task that required very little thinking. While their hands were involved in this mindless duty, they were able to get into a discussion. An older boy made a comment about God, and my daughter dodged it. So he got more assertive and flat out asked her if she believed in God or not.
1: Uh, I don't really care, actually.
0: Was her response. She later described watching his jaw drop.
1: I mean, if there's a good reason to believe I will. I just haven't heard any compelling reasons.
0: As she shared the story with me, she told me that he smiled a confident smile, like he just knew that if he shared his testimony, he would be inviting her to church by the coming weekend. She told me that the conversation continued for the next hour, and she recounted it for me as best she could. She admitted to him that she holds no God belief, but is open to any evidence. They addressed all of the normal first-tier apologetics like Pascal's wager, no true Scotsman, and establishing who has the burden of proof. She said it was hard not to get excited because she had heard all of these arguments hundreds of times watching the atheist experience, both online and live a few times, and was surprised that her Christian classmates never really thought very deeply about any of this.
1: Why is it that atheists think more about this stuff than the people who actually claim to believe it?
0: She wondered aloud. I held back my desire to speculate that those who thought about it a lot might simply be more likely to become atheists. Instead, I said, please continue with your story. I'm eager to hear what happened next. But before I share with you what she shared with me, I want to make my second point about teaching street epistemology to children. One of the ways we learn is by watching others do things. Watching the videos and live streams of others performing SE strengthens our own ability to perform SE. Children today consume far more video than any previous generation simply because of its ready accessibility. If some of that content is SE then they're more likely to be familiar with standard apologetics, common logical fallacies, and good SE practices my daughter continued the story of her first real SE encounter.
1: Dad, the best was near the end. I channeled your street epistemology friends and said, I have a Muslim friend who said the same thing about Allah. How could I determine which is right if both of you use the same method to arrive at your belief? Then I just sat there and he really thought about it for a long time. I knew not to start talking too soon that you're supposed to let them think about it even though he looked really uncomfortable. So I just waited for him to say something first what did he
0: say i asked probably a bit too
1: enthusiastically he said i don't know what to say i'm really confused dude my hands are shaking and dad his hands were trembling but not like he was mad he just seemed really perplexed then he asked me if we could still be friends because he wanted to talk more about this i was like of course we can still be friends it was really cool
0: the third and final point i want to make about SE in general, and SE used by children in particular, people share their religious beliefs because they care. They might be misguided, they might be uninformed, but generally speaking, people care. Peer pressure is strong among young people because it's very important at that age to feel as though one belongs. This boy certainly wants to please his parents and his fellow church members, so he's doing what he thinks they want him to do. These tactics often work for the religious, because they know that other kids want to belong as well, and will often confess a belief in a God just to avoid rocking the boat. However, our kids don't have to be ashamed of their lack of faith, nor do they need to shame others for having a belief. It's quite possible to be true to yourself, while also maintaining a good friendship. If your child plants a seed of doubt for those with beliefs derived from faulty methodologies, then that's just icing on the cake.